It's time now for Illinois Innovators, spotlighting the leaders in research, technology, and entrepreneurship from the engineering at Illinois community. Welcome to another edition of Illinois Innovators. I'm your host, Mike Kuhn. The College of Engineering and what was then the Department of Military Science have similar beginnings dating back to the 1870s. Those ties strengthened following the World Wars. Today, science and technology are intertwined with the United States military. Of note is that 55 Illinois engineering students are enrolled in the ROTC program at Illinois. Today, we talk about those ties with Joe Rank, a Vietnam veteran, two-time University of Illinois graduate, a retired U.S. Navy commander, and former naval instructor for the Navy ROTC program at Illinois. Joe, welcome to the program. Thank you, Mike. Glad to be here. Well, first off, uh, give uh, your listeners, uh, give our listeners a little bit of your background, um, just so they have an idea of who you are before we get right into our topics. Thank you. Well, I'm a townie. I grew up in Urbana, went to Urbana High School, uh, uh, came to the University of Illinois in 1965, uh, was in Naval ROTC. Of course, the Vietnam War was going on at the time. Uh, graduated in 1969, uh, was commissioned an ensign. Uh, served aboard two destroyers uh, during the Vietnam War, uh, making deployments to, uh, to Vietnam. Uh, at the end of my three-year uh, obligated service, uh, the detailer, the assignment officer for the Navy, asked me what I wanted to do, and I said, well, I plan to go back to the University of Illinois uh, uh, to work on a graduate degree. And I was able to negotiate a... Uh, uh, Naval ROTC uh, instructor position, and uh, that was the beginning of, a, of an adventure that uh, uh, for another 17 years uh, in the Navy. And uh, I eventually retired from the Navy, uh, worked in the Chicago area uh, for a few years in uh, real estate development, and uh, wound up back in, in my hometown uh, uh, as vice president of the University of Illinois Alumni Association, and I did that until last November. Okay, uh, we, we've hinted a little bit at the uh, connection between engineering and uh, and military, um, and it goes all the way back to the beginning. Uh, tell us a little bit about expand on that on that history if you can. Well, as you know, University of Illinois is is a land grant institution, and uh, uh, in 1862, President Lincoln uh, signed a, the Morrill Act, or the Land Grant Act, which es established uh, public universities uh, primarily devoted to agriculture and uh, mechanical arts, as they called it at the time. Uh, and the gist of the, the Land Grant Act was the, the federal government would give the states uh, surplus uh, federal land, mostly uh, in the territories, which they could sell to endow a, uh, a university. And uh, at the time, 1862, of course, we were involved in the, uh, the Civil War. And uh, most of the military colleges uh, had been in the South. So the Union was uh, woefully uh, short of trained military officers. And so uh, Justin Morrill, the sponsor of the, uh, the Morrill Act, uh, inserted a provision in the act that would require these land-grant institutions 
to offer military training. And uh, so most of the schools uh, interpreted that as a mandate, as did the University of Illinois, or then uh, would become uh, Illinois Industrial University, later, later University of Illinois. The, um, so when, when the first regent, uh, John Milton Gregory, uh, was named president or regent of the university, uh, there was no template for what a land-grant institution ought to look like. Uh, so he took the science curriculum from his alma mater, uh, Union College, uh, the, the liberal arts or the classics curriculum from the, the typical antebellum college uh, of its day, uh, agriculture uh, was uh, sort of seat of the pants. Uh, uh, and as a matter of fact, the, the, the agriculture at the university uh, uh, didn't flourish for a long time uh, because farmers uh, said, why should I send my kid to college when he can learn everything he needs to know on the farm. So it wasn't until later that the, the uh, uh, agriculture got involved in, in research and, and modern farming uh, practices that, that uh, agriculture became uh, uh, as, as uh, well known as it is today. Uh, but at the time, uh, West Point, the U U.S. Military Academy, was the leading uh, engineering school in the country. Uh, the Army Corps of Engineers built uh, roads and dams and forts and, and bridges, and uh, that's, where, that's where engineers came from. So uh, John Milton Gregory borrowed the engineering and military uh, curricula from West Point uh, to establish here at... Uh, uh, Illinois Industrial University. So uh, you can say that, that our College of Engineering and, and Department of Military Science uh, were, were children of West Point. And uh, as a matter of fact, the first new building built uh, on campus uh, was the, uh, the uh, Mechanic and Drill Hall. And uh, that's, that sort of shows the, the connection between uh, engineering and military science. Well, obviously, around the, uh, the time of the World Wars, the ROTC program began in Illinois, uh, certainly at the, at the beginning stages of that. Just talk about the, the role of the ROTC, what, the, what it was intended for, and, and how it's grown over the years. Well, the, uh, as a matter of fact, uh, when the university first opens its doors in uh, 1868, uh, every student was, in fact, a cadet in a military insti institution. Uh, military science was a mandatory subject for uh, men, and that, of course, for the first two years, there were only men on campus. Uh, so, uh, and, and compulsory military training in one form or another uh, continued all the way until uh, 1963. So for almost 100 years, uh, every undergraduate freshman and sophomore uh, was required uh, to be in uh, uh, military science or uh, later it would be restructured in 1916 as, uh, as ROTC. Matter of fact, uh, uh, 
one of our greatest uh, university presidents, uh, President uh, Edmund James James, uh, who was president from 1904 to 1920, uh, he could be considered the, the father of, uh, of what we now know as ROTC. Uh, he testified before Congress uh, in, uh, in 1916 uh, that uh, land-grant universities are best uh, equipped to train citizen soldiers, uh, individuals that have a, a career in, a, in a, a specialty like engineering or, or business or whatever, uh, and in times of war or conflict, uh, uh, they would be called upon uh, for the duration of the conflict uh, to, to provide leadership to the, uh, to the forces. So his idea was a citizen soldier and the land-grant institutions and the public, public universities were best equipped to provide this liberally educated uh, officer to lead essentially volunteers or draftees uh, in time of war. So he saw this as as a, um, as a way of, of making, the, making the armed forces uh, more, more responsive to the, uh, you know, the needs of the, of the nation as opposed to a professional military uh, officer corps. So uh, we are coming uh, toward the 50th anniversary of uh, the Apollo moon landing. And so we, we look at technology how it's grown in, uh, in the space program and see what technology was like in 1969. Uh, you were in the military um, at that point. Can you talk about what technology was like uh, 50 years ago uh, as, as it relates to the military? Well, uh, 50 years ago, we thought it was pretty slick stuff. Uh, uh, the, we, had, uh, we had radar, we had uh, surface search, air search radars, we had uh, uh, we had fairly sophisticated uh, weapon systems. As a matter of fact, uh, my first destroyer, I was a gunnery officer, uh, and the the five-inch thirty-eight caliber uh, guns were controlled by uh, a very sophisticated uh, analog computer that was was the size of a, uh, a refrigerator but uh, it could accurately position the guns uh, using cams and gears and, and uh, capacitors and, and, and analog technology. Uh, so we thought it was pretty, pretty uh, uh, slick. As far as navigation goes, uh, we were using a sextant and we were, we were uh, shooting uh, uh, fixes uh, using the stars and the, the sun and, and Plotting, uh, plotting the fixes on paper using a, a, a nautical almanac, a, a big thick uh, book that you, you had to know the exact time uh, when you, you you shot the position of the, the star, and uh, it would create a line on a on a chart, and you'd get three of them, and you'd, they'd intersect, and hopefully you'd have a, a fix. Now today GPS takes care of that automatically. My concern, of course, is, is if you don't know how to do the, the uh, celestial navigation the, the way they've been doing it for four or 500 years, 
is uh, a denial of service situation where an enemy takes out your GPS and, and uh, you're left with nothing. Uh, so, so I think it's, it's very important that for redundancy's sake that uh, even though we have uh, highly sophisticated uh, navigation systems and, and weapons direction systems, that we're still able to do things uh, the way they were done for ages. I want to get back to the technology part of it, but you were obviously a, a, a big in the, in the Navy ROTC. Talk a little about what that program has meant uh, for students at the university. And uh, we mentioned at the outset that, that there are 55 engineering students that uh, have elected to be a part of the program. Uh, what what type of uh, what type of person are you training? What types of, of things do they do? Well, I uh, just make the point that for your first 96 years, all of your freshman and sophomore male engineers were in ROTC or in military science. So it, there's a long tradition of of doing that. But uh, uh, I've I, you know I was a product of the ROTC program. Uh, you know, in addition to to um, the leadership skills that, that, that were taught. We were taught, you know, technical skills, uh, you know, navigation and piloting and weapon systems and, and, uh, and that. And of course, the Army ROTC has land navigation and, 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 and tactics and, and so on. Uh, but all of those, you know, technical aspects involve uh, geometry and trigonometry and, and uh, you know those those disciplines. So, so the inter interrelationship between between engineering disciplines and, and military disciplines is, is very 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 tight, and uh, getting more so as time goes on. Right. Uh, the commitment that it takes to be an ROTC. Uh, talk a little about that. Well, I'm I'm amazed. I see the young men and women today uh, uh, who are who are balancing very demanding uh, uh, academic uh, requirements in their major. And then uh, on top of that, they each semester they take uh, a three hour uh, military science or naval science uh, uh, class, which is, it's, it's, it's a demanding class. It's, a, it's, it's academically viable as any. Uh, and then they have uh, uh, physical training, which, which they do. Uh, in many cases, uh, three or four times a week, uh, drill, uh, things like that. So it's 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 a real commitment on the part of the the young men and women that that do it. Uh, I see them up at uh, six o'clock in the morning uh, 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 doing their physical training. It's it's uh, you got to give them credit. Do many of them uh, go into to military service from there? Well. You know, most of most of the uh, young young men and women who are in in uh, the ROTC programs, uh, uh, Army, Navy, and Marine Corps, and uh, Air Force, uh, will go on to active duty or uh, serve in the reserve or, or National Guard. So, uh, virtually all of them will have some sort of military commitment when they graduate. So, how vital is that uh, preparation, whether they go into the military or not, uh, to who they are? Uh, when they leave here, I think the uh, w one of the one of the great things about about the ROTC program is it te teaches uh, teamwork, 
leadership. Uh, you have to, you have to be a team player to to uh, make those things make the things happen on on the battlefield, aboard a ship, uh, uh, you know, in a uh, spacecraft. Uh, it's 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 teamwork, it's leadership, it's it's a discipline, and I think whether you make a career of the military or you you spend two, three, four, ten years, uh, those the discipline and the leadership skills uh, will set you up well for anything else you want to do. So, talk about your time there. Um, how how was it beneficial to you? Uh, you obviously got a chance to do this for a number of years. Um, what, what what did what can you what did you take out of that experience? Well, I got to say that that probably everything good in my life uh, you can tie back to the University of Illinois and and to the United States Navy. I, I uh, coming to the University of Illinois, I. I got a great education. Um, the Navy gave me an, uh, the opportunity to, to literally see the world, uh, the ability to come back to my alma mater to, to teach another generation of, of, uh, of future leaders uh, was uh, quite an experience. Here I met my wife uh, and uh, Throughout my Navy career, I always ran across Illini who were in, in positions of responsibility, and uh, many of the paths that I took were uh, as a result of the uh, advice and counsel of, uh, of Illini who were, who were serving. Um, so uh, it, it's, it's just been a great, uh, great experience, 20 years. I've been retired now for 30 years, uh, after 20 years of, of, of serving in the Navy, and uh, I still dream about it. I, I still dream that uh, I'm on active duty or I've been recalled, and at my age, uh, 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 you know, I'll be 70, 72 next month, uh, uh, if, they w if they wanted to call me back, I would, I would, gladly, I would gladly go. So uh, it's been it's been a tremendous experience. Well, we started out the program talking about the technology part of it, and uh, you mentioned you've been retired from that for 30 years. But I, I, I'm sure you see the link ever growing between science and technology and the military. Um, you know, to be a, uh, a be in the military. There's a lot more of the science and technology that you're going to need to know, and uh, just talk about where that stands and and uh, just the ever-growing importance. I think our my, our listeners understand that, but maybe you can uh, expand upon that. Well, I, yeah, I think we go back a little bit. Uh, go back to uh, uh, World War II. The uh, the defense dollars that were poured into this University of Illinois in World War II. Uh, Really made made this university a research powerhouse. Uh, World War II, uh, we we developed synthetic rubber here on campus, uh, anti-malarial drugs. Uh, everybody 
knows about ILIAC, uh, the, the first digital computer. But ILIAC was really the son of uh, an army project, uh, ORDVAC. Uh, ORDVAC was a, was a digital computer here at the University of Illinois, uh, owned by the uh, Department of the Army, uh, and it was designed to compute ballistic curves for, for, uh, uh, for missiles and, and uh, uh, projectiles. And uh, so at, at the end of the war, the uh, ORDVAC was sent back to Aberdeen Proving Ground uh, but Iliac was a, a clone, exact clone, and the two, the two, uh, even communicated uh, with each other uh, after the war. But so everybody, everybody knows about Iliac, but but few people know about its its predecessor, Ordvac, and uh, so the University of Illinois' preeminence in, in computer science uh, is a direct result of that investment in, in uh, research and technology that, uh, that the Defense Department or the War Department made uh, in the, 19, the 1940s. Uh, Doppler radar uh, was, was developed uh, here at the university. At one time there was a, uh, a top secret uh, radar shack on the southwest tower of Memorial Stadium and it would track uh, automobiles uh, coming up Route 45, and uh, and that was the origins of of Doppler radar. So, and then following the war, uh, William Everett, Dean Everett, who had who had done a lot of uh, military research during the war, uh, brought that uh, that discipline of of uh, uh, Intense uh, research uh, into the into the College of Engineering, uh, uh, solving solving big problems, and uh, so you know in the early days, uh, much of the instruction was was uh, taking existing knowledge and, and imparting that to the students, and 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 Dean Everett. Uh, Said no, no. We we got to we got to do more than that. We've got to we've got to do cutting edge research, just like we did to win the war. And uh, so, taking that forward, if you look at if you look at the challenges that the uh, our nation faces today, uh, with uh, cyber warfare, uh, electronic warfare, things like that, uh, where else? Uh, in a place like the University of Illinois, uh, are we going to find the, the future leaders that are that are that are capable of of, of fighting in that arena? Uh, I think no longer are we going to see. You know, mercifully, we're not going to see uh, wars with with uh, mass casualties like we had in World War One and World War Two, battlefield casualties. Uh, Nations can be brought to their knees now with, with denial of service, uh, 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 cyber warfare, and things like that. And so I think uh, it's incumbent upon uh, us, 
here at the University of Illinois uh, to, st to stay one step ahead of, of the, uh, the adversaries who are working very hard to develop systems to take down our, 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 our electrical grid and, and uh, internet. God forbid if the internet goes down, <laughs> uh, how will we pay our bills and, and, uh, and uh, do daily business? So, so I think the, 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 you know, fortunately, uh, the uh, warfare is gonna be very different and it's gonna, it's gonna be less bloody uh, but the stakes are going to be every bit as high as they were during, during uh, you know, previous conflicts, and that's that's where, that's where, University of Illinois engineering graduates uh, can, can, play a big role. How did you become interested in this history? I think you're a, a media studies uh, graduate, but uh, this obviously is is a passion of yours. Well, I. I uh, I'm, I'm a, a, an advertising graduate, a bachelor's and master's in advertising, and, and my interest in history um, really came about working in the uh, Alumni Association, uh, gearing up to the University of Sesquicentennial, which was in, in uh, uh, 2017. Uh, I worked on a project uh, to develop a, a welcome gallery uh, for the campus at the uh, Alice Campbell Alumni Center. So we did a lot of research on uh, uh, university history and, and themes that, that, uh, that permeated. And, and one, I think, is the, the, role of the, the role of the military, the military research uh, uh, over the past 150 years. Uh, uh, other themes are alcohol which <laughs> which hasn't which was a problem in 1868 and, and we're still working on that uh, but uh, it, it's it's uh, this university has got a lot to be proud of uh, in terms of its uh, the, the the individuals that have have really changed the world you know we've got University of Illinois astronauts we have uh, we have uh, uh, inventors we've military leaders Admirals and generals, uh, it's uh, it, and uh, the other the other uh, thing is the uh, for the the Navy. Uh, nuclear propulsion is uh, is is huge. Our submarines and our aircraft carriers uh, use uh, nuclear propulsion. Uh, gives them long legs; they can stay at sea for long, long periods of time without refueling. And uh, University of Illinois is is one of the uh, per capita is the leading source of nuclear trained officers uh, to man our submarines and and uh, uh, aircraft carriers. So per capita, University of Illinois turns out more nuclear trained officers than any other program in the country. Well, as a, as a veteran, that has to make you proud. Well, uh, I, I'm proud of the University of Illinois. I'm proud of the, I'm proud of the Navy. Uh, I'm a proud of the relationship, and uh, I'm glad that it's, it's strong. I'm glad that there are uh, students, in, your, in this case 55 students that, that, uh, in the College of Engineering that see the value of, of uh, serving their country in, in 
whatever capacity that they're called upon to to serve. You mentioned you have dreams about uh, potentially being called back up. Do you you keep close t ties continually um, with uh, with the Navy? Well, I I. I follow all the literature and, and uh, I try to keep track of what's going on and, and uh, uh, I'm still uh, a, a visitor frequently to the uh, 236 Armory, which was my office back uh, 45 years ago. And uh, so I know the, know the folks over there. I, I observe the young men and women that are in, uh, in the, the ROTC programs and, and I'm really uh, in awe. The uh, I don't know whether I could do it today, <laughs> uh, as you know, to the to the degree they they do it. I mean, the whole university is is so much more uh, competitive and and uh, you know that one than it was 50 years ago. It's it's uh, it's getting more. Uh, the, the programs are more rigorous and. Uh, across the board and the people that are coming out are are just amazing. Well, we appreciate the fact that uh, you've made this tie for us. Uh, I mean, I, I think it's something, sometimes there are things that you understand, but maybe you don't appreciate and you've helped us appreciate the tie that the military and the, and the College of Engineering uh, has had from the beginning, continues to have. I know a lot of the uh, the uh, uh, research dollars from the National Science Foundation, for instance, um, have come also from the Department of Defense. There's a lot of those projects that continue to exist here on this campus. Well, as a matter of fact, the National S uh, Science Foundation uh, was an offshoot of the Office of Naval Research uh, after World War II. The, uh, the, uh, I think Congress was, Congress was uh, reluctant to put more m money into uh, defense research, so the, uh, the Office of Naval Research and, and uh, Department of War, Department of the Navy, they said, let's spin off uh, uh, some of the pure research and, and, and put that into a new organization called the National Science Foundation. And we'll continue Office of Naval Research and, and, and others. We'll do the applied uh, research. So, so in reality, much of the NSF money we're getting today is is pure research that that has potential military applications, and I think a lot of the lot of the, the lot of the research that was done in the last 7,500 years uh, that was done for military purposes, of course, has has created all kinds of civilian applications. Military and, and with the space program as well. We see a lot of things that were built for the space program and then civilians have direct benefit from that. Ab absolutely, and I'm, I'm sure that the, the technology that's in our iPhones and, and, uh, and uh, personal computers and, and devices and, and that uh, probably originated in a, in a lab somewhere uh, with a military uh, application in mind. And uh, so... Well, Joe, thank you for stopping by and uh, sharing your knowledge. I'm, I'm sure that uh, this will benefit a lot from our listeners. We grow to appreciate the, the ties that we talked about, and we thank you for your service as well. Thank you very much. Pleasure to be here.
Joe Rank has been our guest. This is Mike Kuhn. You've been listening to another edition of Illinois Innovators. Hearing at Illinois, all rights reserved. We invite you to subscribe to the podcast through iTunes or SoundCloud by searching Engineering at Illinois. We hope you'll help grow our core of listeners by leaving a favorable rating on iTunes. Thank you.